Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the, I think it's the 12th episode of the Two Drunk Accountants podcast. Uh, let's just start with a quick attendance. Dan? Yep, I'm here. Present. Tim? Hi. Hey! <laughs> Timmy boy! I'm back, Dan. You made it back to the podcast. And I've got a wee bit of an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're one of those people that go away for like a month and then come back and go, oh, hey, yeah. Oh, I... No, I really just felt like I was talking like them when I was there. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Willie. I mean, Tim. My name's not Willie. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> my name's not Willie. <laughs> Groundskeeper Tim. <laughs> Are you bothered by my kilt at the moment as well, Dan? Yeah, because... I'm more bothered by the fact it's uh, flapping in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short... Yeah, it's like a, a kilt for a young boy. It was, it was much cheaper that way. So. Uh, classic Tim. Classic Tim. <laughs> it is good to have you back. It's good not to be uh, here alone in the studio. Uh, by the studio, I mean our offices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good not to be here alone talking to myself for half hour. I, know. So. I listened to that episode where you were talking about yourself. It was quite impressive. Yeah, I've um, actually done two, so thanks for listening a bit to the creepy, podcast, Tim. A bit creepy as well that you can talk to yourself for half an hour. <laughs> uh, thank God you're with a psychologist <laughs> because <laughs> you seriously have some issues, man. <laughs> that just means I'm a natural performer, Tim. Uh, I didn't know whether to be impressed or just freaked out or also like just insecure about my place on this, on this <laughs> yeah, show. Like, you should be. It clearly ran just fine without yeah. you. I'd like Some to see people the, would say better. I'd like to see the statistics whilst I was away. Well, I'm glad you said that, Tim. I did run a poll. Yeah. Uh, and so far, the votes are, do we need Tim? 75% no. 75%? 75% people, Team Dan. 25% Team Tim. That's interesting because there were three votes that definitely two were yours and one was mine. And so we've got an actual fourth vote. There was in the an bottle. actual fourth vote in the poll. <laughs> and they voted for you. Yeah, they did. Oh, and you'll never bastards. guess who it was. You. No, it was uh, it was uh, it was your friend mom. of the no, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Chris uh, Foster. Chris Foster. <laughs> Homer and Pat. Yeah, it's Chris That's Foster. Bastards. The back Chris. You know why? It's because right. Essendon's gonna pants Sydney this weekend. So Yeah, well. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about that. He'll probably write in this week and give uh, a very long A4 no, page length description of why Sydney of was why a better Sydney team lost. Today. Yeah. Of why Sydney lost to Essendon. Either way, he'll still write in. Mm. Looking forward to that. Mm. Uh, Tim, let's have a quick uh, Tim and Danlow. Tim and Danlow. <laughs> what is the Tim and Danlow? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's the new theme. Uh, my like Tim it. and Dan Lowe is that I've been working hard delivering this podcast, you know, <laughs> ensuring that people have content and I'm helping. I'm helping That's people. Not a Tim and Dan Lowe. That is what I've been That's doing. Really I've been, something. People no, know that. No, I've been helping. That's all. What, what's your Tim and Dan Lowe? <laughs> uh, my Tim and Dan Lowe, I think it's uh, it's got to do with my travel experiences. Mm. Yeah. I um. I'm a big fan of moisturizer now. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. Well, when you're on a long haul flight. Yeah. God, you dry out. Yeah. And that's why uh, uh, air hostesses and 
Ministers, what's the, I don't know what the male term for that is, air yeah. stewards. Stewards. Uh, yes. Allowed to claim moisturizer. Yeah, I mean, that's a fun little fact. Mm. Um, maybe one day we can talk about what adult film performers can claim in their tax. Or... Yeah, 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 that'll be on the naughty episode. <laughs> yeah, adults only episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's a fun little uh, tax fact. But yeah, it's um, pretty rough, that long flight. Yeah, your skin um, dried out a bit. It dried out a lot. Mm. So when I got back, there was some uh, Nivea moisturizer on sale for $4, down from 8 then. Yeah. And uh, I bought it. You'll be happy to know. I'm very happy to know. <laughs> it's got a pump action. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, that's good. I'm all sorted on the moisturizing front. That's good, Tim. Mm. I'm happy for you. Have you actually got a real download or is it nah, just... just uh, honestly, my, my, my download this week is just... Yeah, I've, honest, I've just been working, essentially. Nothing really interesting has happened for me personally this week mm. um yep nope nothing something that is good that happened today that it's good in our lives was mm. we tried to um start a bit of a pop interview <laughs> <laughs> surprise interview with yes. our friend mr michael alford yeah of, we recently of, went into business. health point physiotherapy we we have got a new segment and this is a good opportunity actually to kind yeah. of have it's a quick segue. discussion about what's happening uh in the podcast in the future because we have some exciting things uh, so what we were trying to attempt today was a new segment in our podcast. We're going to do a few episodes over time, uh, known as tell us about your thing yeah. or your thingy. Tell us about your thingy. Tell us about your thingy. How's and, your thingy going? Yeah. And that's the segment where we're going to get small business owners, you know, particularly ones new to business that are going to come on and just tell us the struggles that they're having. Hmm. Because a lot of small business people go through the same things, you know, the change in the expectations, what they thought before to what yep. they think now, uh, what it's really like when you're starting, what things didn't you think of. What's good, what's bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, what's improved. So it didn't what's... work that well for us, though. We, we cornered uh, <laughs> Mick. He came in for a conversation about his business. <laughs> And we tried to record it. <laughs> yeah, we set up a soft intro, which if you haven't heard a podcast with a soft intro, it basically means they walk in the room, they're chatting already, it's yeah. quite chubby. They don't even realize that they're being recorded and that the podcast has started. Well, that happened with Michael, but he didn't realize we were even going to interview him. So I think that was probably... When I, when I think about other podcasts, at least they know yeah. they're going to be on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just lucky uh, he's, he's one of our good friends. Well, we'll, um, mm. yeah, we'll probably use whatever he said in those moments against him <laughs> at some stage. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, but there are some other exciting things happening other soon, to Tim, the format. on the podcast. We're, yes. we're going to be a little bit shorter in format instead of, you know, 45 to an hour Hopefully, going to stick around the the half hour range. Yeah, um, just a bit of a a snack size. Yeah, Tim and Dan, and uh, open to feedback on that. But just yeah. thinking that, um, um, I guess, yeah, get get to the point. Um, and you know, mm. people may not want to listen to us for an hour. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if I would. It probably means we're going to be more specific, but have a lot more topics to talk about. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Uh, but other things that are coming up on the podcast. Uh, few topics. I think we're going to be talking about some KPIs and how to measure your business and success and what are things you should actually be looking for, how to determine yeah. if you're doing well or not without just looking at your bank account. Yeah, which a lot of people just yeah, yeah. like, oh, we've got money in the bank. That's their one That's measure. Yeah. yeah, got more than what I started with. <laughs> exactly. I think another topic will be uh, strategy, how to formulate yeah. a strategy, strategy. how to sure. review your strategy, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be doing a 
bunch of interviews coming up. Um, yep. We won't reveal everyone that's going to be on the podcast, but we do have several coming up. Yeah, um, just just lining up dates. Yeah, lining up dates. And, and there's a lot of things that are relevant to small businesses as well. Um, I know we're eventually going to have a provisional psychologist on by the name mm. of Katrina Waller. <laughs> My beautiful oh, I had partner. to line that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's going to talk about, I guess, you know, a lot of people in small business go through burnout. They get stressed. And it's just ways to combat that and keep your mental health so you're able to uh, keep your business going, essentially. Definitely. Yeah, so she's going to come in. Uh, we're going to have a waste and sustainability waste, expert a on the podcast. A uh, senior waste consultant. Yeah, where, where, where did we get her from? I uh, conned her into marrying me. So uh, she basically does what I say now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's completely yeah, the I think other it's way the opposite. <laughs> Before we came into recording this episode, I had to tell her when we'd be finished and... <laughs> yeah. so that I could drive her to the shops. So. Yeah, it's definitely the other way around. Hey, Jade, what's up? Uh, yeah. yeah, so th- these are some of the things. We do have a few other interviews lined up, but uh, possibly uh, some interviews uh, with accounting-related softwares and mm. apps and people in that sphere that might yeah. be able to provide a bit of future direction. I'm really um, looking forward to that. Um yeah, it sounds like um, there's there's some good opportunities there to speak to some high-level people. Yeah, so, exactly. Yes, yeah, so that'll be good. Be awesome. That'll be good. So, Tim, let's, uh, let's keep into this half-hour format. Let's push forward. Have mm. you got a bit of a business update for me? Yeah, actually, one thing I heard on the radio and I've just uh, done a little bit of reading on. Mm. Did you hear, Dan? There's someone that's suing their super fund. <laughs> Actually, you know, I did see this a little bit um, and it was something to do with they wanted to only invest in sustainable or ethically and morally uh, yeah. right companies. Is that well, right? Well, they're suing them for not having a plan hmm. for climate change. That's it. That was it. Because um, this individual, his name's actually Mark McVeigh. I like him already because that is a, one of the great Essendon players. Oh, is it? Yeah, he yeah. grew up on the Central Coast as well. Uh, and uh, Is it the actual dude? No, it's no. not. He's a 23-year-old with the same name. Mm. He uh, just finished an ecology degree. Mm. So, obviously, he's that way-minded. Yeah. Uh, he's a member of REST. Yeah. And uh, when he'll be able to access the funds under the current rules, yeah. will be 2055. Yeah. That's obviously... Bit of a interesting time because mm. by then, uh, scientists are predicting climate change and um, sea levels to rise. Yeah. Which will affect a lot of businesses yeah. and a lot of industries, yeah, potentially. That's right. Yeah. So, um, uh, REST, he tried to get information from REST as to how they had um, tailored their investments to manage the risk of climate change. Mm. And they had no information on it whatsoever. Yeah. So for failing to manage risks, and that's a huge thing in yeah. super funds. For Definitely. trustees of yeah. super fund, you've got to manage investment risks. Definitely. Um, he's taking them to court. <laughs> I actually think based on like just a true plain reading of, of the law, that is legitimate. That's oh. completely legitimate. It's yeah, and it's going to be interesting because obviously David yeah. versus Goliath, like twenty-three year old man. I'm sure he doesn't have that much money for legal fees. Yeah, he must know a, a lawyer of some sort. He's probably sort got a balance of five thousand dollars in his super fund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't even. Yeah, exactly. How much would they hate him? But yeah. and it's a fifty billion dollar super fund, Dan. Um, super funds owned um, own twenty-five percent. Of the Australian Stock Exchange. Jeez. So that shows the amount of influence they have on yep. investing in 
uh, sustainable businesses. Yeah. So yeah, it's um it's gonna be an interesting one to see. Mm. See where that ends up. We yeah. won't know for probably several years. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think that's reasonable as well. And and I would suggest that there'd be some there'd be some high profile lawyer who would probably take this on pro bono for a publicity piece. I would guarantee that. What that's if the case? Yeah, I mean, what does he have to win out of this? I guess. I think what he's, he's just making a point. Yeah, I would say he's making a point. He's he, already won. Really, yeah. he's already he's already won. You're right. People are thinking about it. So, yeah, um, yeah just some interesting things in this article I'm reading as well. Mm. So, an in- increase in natural disasters alone, mm. ignoring impacts on things like water resources and direct effects of heat, are going to cost Australia an extra $20 billion every year by 2050. That's mm. disasters. Yeah. So, like insurance companies and, and things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting place and mm. I guess we'll... Watch we'll, this space. Yeah, we'll see what happens yeah. in 30 years' time. <laughs> I mean, the the... The role in for corporations and super funds and people this to be you know uh, good corporate citizens and responsible corporate citizens these days mm. uh, it's a big deal yeah and I think people need to take it seriously and um, if mm. this forces them to do that then yeah. that's a good thing could be a future topic yeah so I have a quick couple of uh, little other things or sorry yep. business updates yep. um, this week the first one is provided by. Warren Garth, yeah, uh, daddy, yeah, he uh, he comes in and he gives me a paper, and he, he shows me the interesting things. <laughs> I got on the ground over there from a bloody <laughs> podcast you recorded whilst I was away. It was like in the middle of my desk when I got back. Yeah, so this one was about um, the tax office, and you, we've spoken about these guys before with all their strategies lately of um, taking their money from people who owe yeah. the money and some pretty poor strategies and, yeah. and setting people out of business and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but this article is basically saying that they should really increase their compensation to businesses that their actions directly affect. Mm. You know, so if, there might be a lot way? of business who get in put into way? serious hardship. Mm. So at the moment they are able to be paid compensation, but it's at the discretion of the commissioner. Wow. Right. So what this article is basically right, so arguing? Say like they went into de- depression and correct. Wow. And it was because of the ATO's bullying tactics. Wow. Then they're able to be paid compensation, but it's go. at the discretion of the commissioner, who huh. runs the tax office. Wow. So of uh, course he's not really going to exactly. be open to that idea. So this article is basically saying either it needs to be bolstered and be more rigid systems put in place for it, or there should be an external agency that reviews all the claims. So, I think that's a legitimate point. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it's a very legitimate point. I'm not a huge fan of adding extra government agencies. But, no, uh, but even just that's the a, that's independent shame, department. Yeah. You know, sure. even the ombudsman or something. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's a department yeah. out there already which could be add that. Maybe, mm. could ASIC do it? <laughs> yeah, no, I think they're in enough world of trouble at the moment. They're not even doing the task they're meant to. Yeah. So the other the other business that I do have is just in regards to the uh, catch up super payments that can start this year. So that's let's say if you don't make, or you know everyone every year has twenty five thousand dollars that you can contribute to your super fund um, and have concessional tax rates on them. Yep. Uh, that includes your employer superannuation payments or anything that you've salary sacrificed to super additional yep. payments. So what what Dan's that. getting out there is literally. Every year, you have a maximum amount you can put into your super before your like before the ATO taxes you to the shit house. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> and that's uh, twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. So at the moment, if you don't meet that cap, well then bad luck. Next year, the cap starts again. 
what they're saying is starting from this year, if you don't meet your full cap this year and next year say you want to make some extra payments, they're going to allow you to do that. I like it. So if you don't make, you know, if you only make $20,000 worth of contributions this year to your super and then next year you make 20 again, well, you could make an additional 10. That's really cool. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing, mm. bumping a little bit extra cash into super, especially for people that are approaching retirement yeah. who um, yep. you know, want to make the most out of their concessional caps. And so is it only for two years at a time or? Uh, I think I'd have to read the article again. I think it might be mm. three or five. I think it's five. That'd be good. Yeah, up to five years. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm. And, you know, what if you're someone who um, um, all of a sudden gets a, a high income job mm. uh, for a couple of years? That would probably help you too if you, exactly. if you weren't earning those wages for a few years. You know, big a tax extra, savings. Extra cap there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's an interesting cool. one to sort of worth mentioning to people. Still giving incentives to put money into super, which is the interesting thing yeah. in the government. So. Exactly. Yeah, it seems like on one hand, they seem to be, you know, tightening that a bit and then on the mm. other hand you know loosening it so it's, it is um, interesting yeah it's interesting tax laws are interesting because um there's a certain level of rationality to them but then there's like politics yeah, behind exactly. the scenes yeah so it's an interesting mix and uh, that's why it's just constantly changing yeah. yeah so cool that's a good one all right uh so tim what else has been happening <laughs> before we get onto our main topic here just want to have a Chat. Just want to. You seem to be. You know. You're back into it now. You've been on holidays, gallivanting around the world. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, I'm thinking, do I need Tim? <laughs> I mean, this, what are you bringing to this? Surely you I mean, found this a little bit easier w- w- than <laughs> recording for half an hour, talking to yourself, and then realizing it didn't work, and then re-recording for another half an hour the next morning. I don't think that happened. But uh, um, essentially, you know, I, I did the intro. I did the Tim and Danlow. I talked about some business updates. You seem fairly, you know, redundant hear, at the moment. Right. Do you want to hear a funny story? It's funny to other people, not funny to me. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a series of events which occurred to me before I left and okay. I couldn't get it out of my brain whilst okay. I was away. Yeah. Um, I bought a drill. I was doing some uh, some home maintenance. You may remember. No, wait. I think you've told this on the podcast already. You bought a drill and you had the wrong battery. Is that right? Yeah. So there's an extra part to that story. Okay. All right. Correct. So you bought the wrong right. battery. Drill, you get the wrong battery. So I took it back and uh, switched it for the starter kit, yep. which has the batteries. Mm-hmm. Turns out it cost me like an extra two to three hundred dollars. <laughs> Originally, I only spent like a hundred. <laughs> and um, yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. But anyway, because I had said to the lady already, you know, this is a Bunnings. I said to the lady, um, I'm an idiot. I thought this would work with my lawnmower battery. And it yeah. turns out it doesn't. No. She's like, no, you, you'll get that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to exchange this phone with the battery. Went yep. and did it. Got there, checked the prices. Oh, no, $300 more. Yeah. Pride got the better of me. I couldn't just go back and say, actually, <laughs> I, mean, I, I just want, I want a <laughs> refund. So I just yeah. took it. I bought it. Yeah. Um, was talking to Jade, my wife, about that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she... Uh, she reminded me of how unmanly I am by saying, what will you even use a drill for, Tim? <laughs> I've never to, felt more emasculated <laughs> in my life. And I had, you know the worst thing? What? I did not have a good answer for her either. <laughs> I couldn't think of one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like she wants to put a hook in the roof to hang a plant off. And, yeah. and I was like, 
I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, she certainly didn't need to put a. Uh, she just certainly didn't need a drill to put a hole in your thoughts, did she? So, she just, oh, uh, nice one. Thank yeah. you. Well, it just kept going, Dan, because you were part of this. You are part of this. This cycle of bullying. <laughs> So, uh, you may remember as well, we went to an open house. Mm, I, I came along. I I'm an, I'm an adv- you trust my opinion. Yeah, plus the I'm house was directly it. across the road yeah, from your that's, house. That's yeah. just a co- small coincidence. Yeah. Let me know anytime you want me to come to your next. I will house. let you know. Yeah. yeah. They had a very nice shed. They had you a fantastic the man shed. It was the tools the on the, the wall. The tools were set out. Set out. They were fantastic. You really put my shed to shame I after did. that. I did. You said it's where, I believe you said, that's where my hobbies go to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I so, wrong? I mean, in, in that shed is like a guitar, your Ryobi drill. Not anymore. Everything. It didn't even make it out of the box. <laughs> I'm really annoyed because I bought drill bits as well. I took them out of their packaging and I can't even take them back. So you're taking the drill back? I, it's gone. I took it back the next day after Jade said that. <laughs> I buckled. All right. Uh, she was right. She's right. That's why I should listen to Jade. So that's my story. It's a good story, Tim. And I think that leads us into our next topic, which is motor vehicles in mm. companies. Yes. Exciting. (laughs) So, Tim, the reason I've suggested this topic today is because a lot of people get a motor vehicle in their company. They always call up and say, should I buy the vehicle in in my car, in my company, in a company car, Mm. or should I buy it personally? And, like, really starting from the beginning here, this is specifically for companies. Yes. So, if you're a sole trader... Or trust, it may be different for you. Correct. And we might get into that into a future episode. Definitely. That's another topic. Yeah. So, this is specifically companies. But yeah, a lot of people call us and say, should I get the vehicle in my company? Can I claim it all? Short answer, yes. Long answer, we're about to go through. So, I thought we'd start with, there are actually a couple of ways that you can get a tax deduction for motor vehicle use. There are. What are they, Tim? So, one of them is the cents per kilometer method. Yeah. That is basically a rate which the ATO gives you. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's capped. Okay. To five thousand kilometers. Um. So perhaps not the best if you've got a lot of motor vehicle usage. Yeah. So if you've bought a motor vehicle in a company and you've been paying for all the expenses in the company, the tax deduction that you're allowed would only be equal to the rate times the amount of business kilometers that you travelled up to right. five thousand. And the rate's 66 yeah. cents per kilometer. Yeah, so a maximum claim of $3,300. Approximately. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Not great, considering that's meant to cover depreciation, fuel, repairs, rego, insurance. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not going to really do the trick. If you've, bought a, yeah. if you've bought a car that's worth $20,000, depreciation alone would be way more than that. So Yeah, so, so this method really only is something that you'd use if you were an individual doing your individual tax return and you did yeah. a small amount of driving. Or a company with, yeah, a car that doesn't do much driving is yeah. basically a second-hand car you bought for like $300. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Or you just don't want the um, the burden of the uh, the compliance. So it's a much easier way to claim um, yeah. something. Correct. The, the only other yeah. downfall I can think of with that method too is just no GST. No yeah. GST claims on that one. Correct. Correct. Uh, mm. So that's uh, the simplest method. That's the simplest method, but probably not the best if you're in a company and driving your car 
a decent amount. Yeah. Which most people, I imagine, would be. So, I think we'll dive deeper into that for employees because that's a really common yes. one for employees. But Correct. for companies, yeah. un- uncommon. Uncommon. So, the next method uh, is, and a lot of people call up about this, the, the logbook method. Yep. So, essentially... Uh, and I think we've mentioned the logbook before. You grab a logbook or you can do it electronically and you keep track of all the business travel in your car, each kilometer that you've traveled over a three-month, 12-week period. And you take the opening odometer reading at the start of that period and the closing odometer reading at the end of that period so you know what the total amount of kilometers traveled by the car is. And you just take the total business-related kilometers, divide it by the total kilometers, and you end up with a percentage. That's it. And that percentage is used to calculate the deduction that you're allowed. And essentially, it's just that percent times the total cost of the car during the year. Including the decline in the value of the car. Correct. AKA the depreciation. Depreciation, including uh, interest on, say, a finance on the car. Yeah, that's exactly right. Fuel, repairs... And the GST on the value of uh, the car when you buy it? Well, I mean, (laughs) 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 that's uh, a trick question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, essentially, (laughs) essentially, though, you take that percentage and you times it by all the expenses during the year. And that's the amount that you're allowed to claim. Yeah. Pretty simple. A lot of people... Just forget to do a logbook. Mm. And that would mean, if we stick into the letter of the law, that you have to use the other method. The only other method available to you is that cents per kilometer method. That's right. It's so, going to be a much lower claim, especially if your logbook's in the high range. Exactly. Percentages. Yeah. So, um, the, the first thing I would do if I bought a, a car for my company is I would do a logbook over a three-month period. And in that time, obviously, drive your car for all the work-related pe- uh, things that you need to do. doesn't include driving to and from work, but anything work-related, say traveling from work to another site, uh, carrying heavy equipment. Mm. If you work at different places every day, that's mm. all included. Travel to conferences. Conferences. Uh, if you're going to see clients. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess... Um, any training as well. Training. If you have to stop somewhere on the way to work, that is for work purposes, the travel from that place to work is then claimable. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, keeping track of all of that times it out by the total cost of the vehicle and that's what you're allowed to claim. So, in, in a small example, if you've got $10,000 worth of expenses and that includes a few thousand dollars of depreciation um, and all the other costs and you have 60% work-related use, well, then you can claim $6,000 towards uh, your tax. tax. And yeah, as you can see, that's way better than the $3,300 that you would otherwise claim. Exactly. Um, so yeah, um, the logbook is definitely the best method. Yeah. And it's pretty good because you fill it out for 12 weeks. There's some great apps you can use these days that will mm-hmm. help you because all you need to track are your business trips. Yep. The rest is just assumed private. Yep. Um, and then the logbook, it's good for five years. Five years, Tim. Five years. That's a long time. Yeah. And that's provided that obviously you don't change the, the usage of that vehicle in any way. That's right. Yeah. yeah. If it, your usage hasn't changed in that yeah. time, then you can keep using it for yeah. five years. Five years. And, but the other cool thing, if you change your car, still keep the same logbook. Yep. Still keep the same logbook, mm. which is great because they're assuming you're going to use the same 
usage of the new car. Exactly. It's it just kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, how does that apply in a company setting, Dan? Because all of that is basically information that could be very broad across across the spectrum for individuals, mm. sole traders, trusts, companies. Mm-hmm. But under the scenario of a company, yeah, how do we use the logbook method to figure out what's deductible? Yeah, and I think what you're getting onto here is how is the private usage treated? That's right. Yeah. I guess there's fringe benefits tax yep. issues, mm. um, which are quite tricky. And mm. I always have to think about this pretty thoroughly. The complicated part in a company is that instead of using the logbook for the deduction, the company claims 100%. And the logbook is actually only used to figure out what the fringe benefits tax liability is. So that's where the private portion comes in for the fringe benefits yeah. tax. That's right. So this is the part that tricks a lot of people up. Yeah. They go, yep, they completely understand that they can only claim the percentage of the costs that relate to work use, even if the vehicle is 100% owned by the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is because it's owned 100% by the company and because you're providing it to use to an employee, yourself, yep. uh, any private usage of the vehicle is a fringe benefit. Correct. It's a benefit that the company pays for you that you're not receiving in cash that if you were an employee and didn't have a car and using your own car, you'd have to pay yourself. Yep. So essentially, it's extra wage. Yeah. It's the a other, benefit. The other business usage is otherwise deductible. So that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Exactly. But it's just that private portion. There needs to be something done with it. Yeah. So what happens then is, as Tim's mentioned, a fringe benefit calculation is done. And this is slightly different to the way the rest of the costs are calculated. So it includes things like your GST. Mm. Uh, the depreciation rate is different. Yeah, uh, the interest it, is it, The different. interest is different. It calculates a, an, a deemed interest amount, essentially, yeah. that's just uh, not always lines up with what your mm. real interest is. Yeah, and there's a few different methods of, of calculating that too. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is there's a statutory method and an operating cost method. Exactly. But, but I think these are things that we should cover in, in a separate in, thing. In a separate topic. For this purpose, you should just be aware that there will be a fringe benefit for the private portion of the, That's of the right. vehicle. So the reason we bring this up, the reason I think I'm, I'm bringing this up simply is because if you have a very expensive vehicle that you've purchased in the company, there's going to be a very high fringe benefit because of the initial cost of that vehicle. Yeah. And it's going to mean that either the employee has to pay a pretty big chunk back yeah, or you're going to have to pay fringe benefits tax. Depending on the work usage. Correct. Depending the on the work. Usage. If it's if it's 100% work usage, then this isn't a problem. Yeah. But if it's 60% work usage and your vehicle was $80,000, mm. even though the company is not getting a deduction because, this is another topic I'm just about to mention, yeah. there is a depreciation limit. Yeah. Um, the fringe benefit is calculated on the total cost of that vehicle, yeah. not just up to the cap, yeah. the full cost of the vehicle. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly right. Exactly so, right. They, they do double dip there, yeah. the ATO. So, if you're buying a car over the depreciation limit, yeah. that's the amount that the ATO would allow you to depreciate a car down to. Yeah. Um, then you're going to um, suffer some tax consequences. Exactly. Which usually those people, they know, yeah. they know they're buying an expensive car. Yeah. So. If you're buying a Beamer for your employees, then... You've probably, <laughs> hopefully, you've got the cash. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't always find that the case. I find that the people who have the cash are driving around in an I-30 yeah. and yeah. the people who don't have the cash have bought themselves a Lexus in the company. Oh, so. It's so true. Uh, it's so true. The richest people are the biggest tight asses. Yeah. So, so I would... Uh, and yeah. that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's a positive comment from me. Exactly. For me too, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... 
So the the depreciation limit, Dan, it's yes. uh, about fifty-seven, fifty-eight thousand dollars. Yep, it's um, in between there somewhere. Uh, so what that means is that if you buy a vehicle, so normally, you know, if you buy a thirty thousand dollar vehicle, uh, you can depreciate that entire thing, entire thing over the period of its use, depending if you're using the small business depreciation stuff or not. But there's a rate each yep. year. Your total deduction will be thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. If you buy a car for eighty thousand dollars. Well, you can only depreciate $57,000. That other 13000 mm. is lost. It's and not a deduction. You can only claim GST on $57,000 worth, not the $80,000. Exactly. So you can only claim the GST back of $5,700. Yeah, yeah. It's like five and a half grand. Yeah. Compared to, should it be like seven or eight? Uh, yeah, seven or eight grand. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the other area they get you is when, when you sell that car, mm. you actually sell it and collect all of the GST on it. So, Correct. say you change your mind mm. two months later, you sell, you sell it for $70,000. Yeah. Well, you still owe the ATO the full amount of the GST on the sale. Yeah. Even How though you could that? only claim the 5000 on bit, the initial purchase. Double so. dipping. Double yeah. dipping by the ATO. But that's, they mm. just think, well, expensive yeah. car tax. And there is one of those too. When exactly. You buy You're already paying that in the vehicle cost. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. Uh, the other side of this is you eventually sell that vehicle, as Tim's just mentioned, in the business. Uh, that's income. Yep. If, if, you're, if you've made a gain on that depreciation, depreciating asset, uh, you're going to be paying for that. Yeah, that's right. Income. Yeah, because you've claimed more depreciation exactly. um, than the value of the car that you sell it for. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like um, selling a house and, and making a gain on the house. You have to pay tax exactly on that. Um, so yeah, um, that's called a balancing adjustment. Yep. So that's that's pretty complicated, but just just it's enough to be aware of it that if you sell it, more often than not, you're not going to be making a gain on any vehicle. It's very unlikely. It's very unlikely. Normally, you'll be making a loss, and that's tax deductible. So yep. uh, yeah, it's very rare that that happens, but just be aware it, it does does happen sometimes it happens so just to to recap yep uh you've got two methods cents per kilometer or the logbook method you're always usually going to get a better deduction using the logbook yep uh either way because you're providing a vehicle for an employee which they might use privately uh there's going to be fringe benefits consequences on that vehicle and you need to calculate that either through them paying some money back or you paying some fringe benefits tax Yep. And then the third thing, there's a limit to how Which, much you can appreciate. And that, there's a different different calculation for those things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a depreciation limit and a GST limit on the vehicle. And the last thing is if you sell it, well, that also has tax consequences. Yeah. So in answer to our initial question, can you buy a vehicle in your business? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. And you should. Yeah. You should. Absolutely. If you own yeah. a business, you should buy the vehicle in the business's name. Yes. <laughs> that's the question we get. That's not, the question yeah. we always get. Yeah. Um, if, if you buy it personally and get the business to pay for the expenses, well, that's another type of fringe benefit called an expense payment fringe benefit. Mm. Uh, you can still claim depreciation and interest in your personal return, yep. but guess what? You're not claiming any GST on that purchase. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Again, you don't. You won't have to claim the GST on the sale yeah. either. Yeah, but exactly. it's always going to be less than the purchase. Yeah. So. I would say if you're going to be buying an $80,000 Lexus that's used 10% for work purposes, buy it in your own name maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, um, but it, even if, you, if you're trying to buy a car and it's less than 50% business usage, you'll find you'll struggle to even 
buy it in the business in and the get finance exactly because yeah. the the broker or the financier mm. will will ask that question yeah so yeah i guess nine times out of ten um my answer is generally yes buy it in the business correct and do a logbook do a logbook straight away that's our advice for the podcast do a logbook do a logbook so keeping to our half hour time limit we're a little bit over right now are we Let's smash out the other things. Other thing. My other thing is Essendon's going to beat Sydney this week. That's it. Cool. Go Bombers. My other thing is the shirt mentioned in the previous podcast, Tim wore again when he was away overseas and put a picture <laughs> of it online and it was real funny. <laughs> Everyone was laughing. He had so many comments. He tried it out in another country and you know what? Didn't work there either. Maybe I can tell some of those stories next week. Yeah. <laughs> Middle funny. <laughs> that's my other thing this week. And uh, I... Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? No, Dan, I just want to make a small comment on that. I think if I wore that shirt in America, it would be very popular. Yeah. I think they'd love it. You should go there. Maybe I will. Maybe you should. Maybe you should go piss off. <laughs> Good comeback. And record. Good Record podcast by yourself. We've already freak. demonstrated that we don't need you. <laughs> Who's we? You got a turn in your pocket? <laughs> Me and the listeners. <laughs> the listeners are on my side. I got one vote. Okay. It's you. I know. But I, re- I represent them. <laughs> <laughs> You're the listeners union. All uh, right. Well, that about brings us to the end of this week's episode. It's good to have you back, Tim, as much as I like to rip into you. It's good to be back. And uh, look forward to many exciting episodes in the next few weeks. Speak to you guys soon. You sure will. All right. As always, calculator.